Hello? Hey, what's going on? It's Chris uh, from 5B. Is this Brian? Yes. Hey, Brian, I know we're a little early, but uh, are you ready for Dave Mustaine? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. Uh, you're recording it, correct? Yes. Cool, great. Hold on one second. All right. Yes. Hey, Brian. Hey, how you doing, Dave? Good. I'm just driving through traffic over to our uh, storage facility. We're packing up all of our trucks this morning and uh, just making sure we have everything that we need. Nice, nice. Yeah, busy, busy time for you. Yeah, but it's fun. You know, this is what I live for. Yeah. <laughs> I got a great job. Just like you, you know, we love our work, so. Yeah, we, yeah that's definitely true. Um, well, speaking of the tour, let's jump right in, into it. How do you manage to get all these bands together? Like, I mean, you've got such a, a killer lineup. It's almost like a festival that, that's on the road. Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, contrary to any of the people who, you know, are little mudslingers that uh, don't speak very well with me, the people who um, come out and tour with us, you know, they have great times, yeah? and they know that any you, you have a, a list as long as my arm of people who have toured with us that have gone on to bigger success. You know, think about it. Stone Temple Pilots were uh, they broke with Megadeth, Pantera, White Zombie, Corn. So many bands went out with us, and and uh, this was their opportunity where they 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 had. Uh, gone out and opened up for us and got in front of our audience, which is a really friendly, very, very open-minded audience. And the next thing you know, it's they're off on their own. I mean, remember, I'll tell you a name right now, and you know these guys broke playing with us, Alice in Chains, when we did yep. the Crash of the Titans tour. Right, right. You know, and so that's, I think, really awesome because you've got these people who are in bands that have great music who, you know, it's a very difficult business, not not everybody gets the opportunities that they should. And when you have someone such as myself who says, you know what, I'm not hiring you because you sell tickets, I'm hiring you because I like your music. That's cool stuff. Right, right. So you've you've uh, seen the Butcher Babies live, I'm sure. I haven't seen, I haven't seen them. I actually uh, was um, in uh, London doing the uh, Golden Gods uh, yeah, or maybe it was uh, Revolver or something. I was doing uh, some event. I was supposed to prevent, present uh, an award to Phil Campbell from uh, Motorhead, and the dark-haired gal had interviewed me, and I didn't know who she was, and I thought that uh, she was really uh, very smooth at what she had done. 
And uh, I found out, sorry, my alarm's going, my radar's going off. I, I found out that she was uh, in that band and that she was uh, Charlie Delante's old lady. And I thought, oh, cool, well, we'll check it out. And I, and I, and I didn't give it another thought. And then when we had um, made a, a change, we had another band that was opening up the tour and we uh, uh, changed uh, and had an opening for these guys to go out with us, uh, I watched a couple songs and I thought, oh my God, <laughs> that's uh, pretty provocative and, and uh, I know that there's going to be a lot of young men out there that are going to be very, very happy that Dave picked these guys. <laughs> and and um, it totally reminded me of Wendy O. Williams because our first drummer had dated Wendy when we went out with uh, Motorhead. It was Motorhead. Wendell Williams and then Megadeth and and uh, looking back, it's really cool to say, yeah, my drummer was dating Wendell Williams. Wow, yeah, definitely. I mean, and and they're really uh, down to earth people too. I've I've interviewed them in the past, and they're uh, they're uh, really professional and and hardworking uh, women. That's great. That's um, great. So, so well, yeah. I imagine so. And a couple of the songs that I heard, the thing that I liked, you know, there's a lot of uh, bands out right now with. Uh, uh, singers and and uh, they do that screamo stuff and it, a lot just it just gets lost on, on the uh, aggro and uh, one of the things I found with Butcher Babies was that there was a, uh, an element of singing along with the screaming and and uh, that to me made it more appealing because you know I look at talent that we take out from the perspective that is this something that I want to hear because you know I'm going to be out on the road with them for you know, a month or so I'm going to be hearing them you know night after night I want to be able to enjoy myself just as much as you do right right, right. you know there was a period a long time ago when they had that whole new metal crap when everybody was uh you know, playing and nobody did guitar solos. We had a couple bands that went out with us that I absolutely despised. <laughs> and the reason they went out with us was the label had said, you need to take these guys out. And and, um, and that was one of probably the, that was the nature of my career was doing that whole new metal thing. I, you know, I can't remember if it was called new metal or true metal, but it was something like that. And yeah, it was new metal. You know, solos. Yeah, because you know the guitar players weren't good enough to do solos. Right, right. Yeah, that was that's a dark time, <laughs> especially yeah. you know for guitar players. Um, so let's talk about the record, um, Dystopia. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've heard it, but I mean, it, it's a killer album. I mean, thank you. I'm a journalist, but I'm not I'm not a critic, so I don't criticize. But I love Megadeth's music, all of it. So thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. But but this album in particular just seems to have and I don't know what it is. If it's, I mean, every album has energy. I mean, to say something like that's kind of redundant, but this one in particular seems to have almost a um, renewed energy. I guess you'd have to say it. Well, we definitely had uh, a revitalizing take place with us when Chris Adler came into the studio. Chris and I are friends and, and uh, had a wonderful time together. And making songs uh, was was super uh, exciting for me because. I would be playing something, and I would say, "Well, what do you think?" And he would be like, "Well, uh, nah." And then I would play something that goes, "That's my Megadeth," <laughs> you know, which was uh, encouraging for me. And and you know, that's kind of how we went about this. And I have a folder that has uh, songs in it on my 
my server, and um, we had uh, probably 200 plus songs and, and all the different components from it, and, and we were just you're going through these things, and you, know, you would pick apart here and pick apart there, and and um, that that to me was the, probably one of the most uh, exciting experiences for me was the listening of the songs together with one. And then after we uh, started to assemble the tracks and Kiko started to play, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. Uh, the first solo Kiko had done was the, the solo for um, Conquer or Die. And um, it was an outtake, of course, but I'd heard it. And I remember the first time I heard Marty Friedman play, and I just thought, oh my God, this is you know what I've been waiting my whole life for. You know, a guitar player that is just otherworldly. And ever since Marty and I parted ways, there wasn't really anybody of his caliber. You know, they were all really, really terrific players, but, you know, Marty was just kind of otherworldly. And, uh, you know, to play with uh, Kiko was was just just mind-blowing. Right, and it and it definitely shows. I mean, the the the, the way the music is presented, the lyrics are um, a little darker, I think, for this album. But is that because of the reflection of the times? I mean, I mean, do you think, like as Bob Dylan yeah. says, that the times are changing, and and you know that this has to be reflected upon? I think that the lyrics definitely are a reflection of the time that, that we're living in right now. Um, you know, it's really hard to be looking at society right now where every day you turn on the news and somebody's stabbed, shot, uh, or blown up a cop or a, you know, a, a school or, or a hospital or stuff. Because when I was younger, I uh, remembered that there was honor amongst, you know, the uh, people who fought. You, know, you would never, ever think of you know, shooting into a hospital or a school or stuff like that. And now they do that all the time with no remorse and it's just it's just crazy you know i uh i, I think to myself you know being a martial artist i think about you know combat and and you know touching gloves before you fight and, and i and i see a lot of the people now when they fight you know they get in ready to do a bout or something like that hello they um you know they, they hop into the ring and they won't um they won't they won't touch gloves you know there, there's just so much animosity and stuff but that's also prevalent in the uh, the whole uh, anonymity of the internet we're just living in a, a society just a, a whole era of, of just hate and, and animosity and so I try you know as poorly received as it is a lot of the times I try and stay upbeat and positive and love people as much as possible. And, and, you know, if you look at a lot of the other celebrities' Twitter feeds or any of their social media, mine is uh, unusually upbeat compared to a lot of the other people who are out there. But, um, you know, hey, I think that's because I take time to, to love on people and don't immediately finger somebody as being a troll. Because we have a lot of international people, and a lot of times they, you know, English isn't their mother tongue. Right. So they won't know. They'll say something and it'll come off a little shitty. But you know, if you think for a second, well, Dave, is it because the guy's a, you know an ass, or is it because he doesn't speak English as his first language? Right. Right. So, anyways, that was a long answer. Yeah, no, that's a good one too. So, in terms of social media, I mean, as far as like the younger bands, a lot of them use it 
and they have the ability to reach out to people almost immediately. But for, you know, as far as making money and things like that, the industry and the social media is kind of, they're at, at battle with each other. Uh, how do you feel about the uh, influx of social media? Well, social media and the internet for downloading of songs and stuff like that are two different things, I think. I think that if you know how to use the two, that you can use them to your advantage, but a lot of people don't. And as soon as you take the approach like uh, Lars did going up to Capitol Hill and wanting to sue people who have downloaded these songs, um, you know, rewind the tape 20 years ago, he would be on the receiving end of the lawsuit because we were all tape traders. Right. You know, certainly the technology is traded, but we were doing the same thing. Although I believe also the, uh, the inspiration for doing that was different. You know, we would uh, trade tapes with people because we loved the music and we had pen pals and we didn't have this instant contact with people on the other side of the globe. And um, I remember we had a record out and this one piece of shit that worked for uh, one of the bands that was part of our genre had put up one of our records on their server with the sole intent completely of hurting me and the band, letting people download the record for free. It wasn't even that he was a fan. He just put it up there so people could get the record and we wouldn't get any kind of remuneration from the, uh, the label or any kind of financial uh, compensation or any kind of record sales number it was just plain to hurt us because we were bigger than the band that he worked for huh. well yeah yeah I mean I remember uh, trading tapes back in the day I mean mostly we did it just to uh, show your friend hey I heard the song on the radio check it out you know yeah. And then you'd yeah, go out and you'd yeah. buy you'd buy the cassette or, or the vinyl when it came out. I mean, that's what I always did, and that's that's right. what I still do. Right. I mean, I, you right. know, I'm, I might stream on Spotify, but I I buy the albums, you know, because there's always that I like having a physical copy of something, just like a book. You know, I don't want to do yeah. the Kindle. I want to, I want a physical book in my hand. I want to touch it. You know, yeah, it's kind of outdated, yeah. I guess. But um, even a lot of the kids though nowadays, you, they, I don't I don't. They might do both. They stream and then they also buy the physical copy. So I don't know, you know, how, how much, um, I mean, obviously it is affecting people. Um, but as far as the younger bands going, like even, even Butcher Babies, um, their social media presence, I mean, they're, they're probably gathering more fans that way than it's hurting them. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, though, you, it's just a matter of knowing how to do it. You know how to do it, it'll work in your favor. If you don't know how to do it, it invites you half really bad. Yeah, right. So you've got, in addition to the tour, you've uh, you just had a birthday, so happy belated birthday. Um, hey. And you've also got a beer beer line coming out. I do. How did, uh, how did that come about? Well, the birthday was my parents' business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the beer line... Uh, we had met this cat up in Quebec who was a big fan of ours and he worked at a beer company and um, I have the Tour Le Monde which is one of the biggest heavy metal songs of all time done with a French chorus and um, there was some back history to that song in Quebec where somebody had gone into a college up there and had murdered a bunch of people and uh, he had that uh, chorus written out um, somewhere 
and the authorities had connected the two things. And um, I was very offended by that. And I said, this is a very beautiful song, and, and it was used for that by somebody who was obviously very sick and very disappointed. And, and you know, it was not the first time I'd gone out on, on a limb to stand up for the Canadian people. Um, you know, my family had migrated through Canada down into the States um, through uh, Quebec. As a matter of fact, my dad's side uh, all are from Ohio, and that's where they ended up after they crossed the border. They stayed in, in Ohio for from then until now. And um, so um, we uh, we had the chance to talk to Jerry. He came to the we had this huge outdoor festival we had done, um, and it was uh, Kiko's first show with us. So his his basically live audition was in front of eighty thousand people in Quebec City. Nice. Which you know that's that's a pretty good way to see you know if <laughs> the guys that you're playing with are worth their salt. Yeah. Um, and. The guy showed up early, had a whole bunch of beer. We did some sampling and tasting, and it was marvelous because, you know, I like to drink beer. I have my own wine uh, business that we started to um, have that uh, as part of the whole symphony event that I did back in 2014. And when the... uh, when we got to one particular wine in general, I said, this is it, this is great. And I had no idea that they were as excited as, as I am about uh, working together. So, you know, whenever you do a partnership with somebody and, and you go into it, sometimes you try and be a little reserved and not let anybody know that, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you've got a boner. And, and for me, uh, I found out they were as excited as I was. It was like, this is so great. It's so great to be in business with somebody. You don't have to play a game with. You can celebrate, and, and you know it's around one of my favorite things: beer. <laughs> nice, nice. So, it sounds like things like this year and things are going really well. Um, what do you see as far as the future for uh, for for you and the band? Well, we have the new drummer with Dirk, and we're uh, actually, I've been working feverishly at home right now, getting a, a hard drive backed up with all those songs I mentioned earlier, uh, to start working on assembling some new parts and so on and so forth. We have a, a crazy opportunity of a, um, a project I'm working on that's going to have uh, a lot of songs involved in it. I can't give you any more detail right now, but as soon as I can, I promise I will. And... Um, start recording with these guys. There's a movie I'm going to be doing some uh, work in and getting in next year over in England. We have uh, a bunch of uh, festival stuff we're already sorting out in Asia and Europe, and, and God willing, we'll finally get down to South Africa next year. Nice. Nice. And it, in terms of, you know, um, touring the States, I mean, a lot of, some bands... I'm not going to even mention, don't do it, and, and other bands do. How do you feel as far as the reception in, in the States? I mean, I know overseas it's it's much... It's a lot different. It's different. It's a lot different because, you know, in the States a lot of times because we're spoiled, people will sit there with their arms folded and basically say, show me what you can do, which, you know, that's not great. I don't know anybody who's ever um, had any kind of passion 
um, and, and showed what they were doing and, and to somebody who would sit there and go like, okay, show me what you can do and have it turn out right. right. You know, it's just sad um, when you do that. That happens in a lot of the major cities, though, in some of the other nations, like in Tokyo, for example, in London and, and Paris. These guys are in the mecca of their nation, so they have people come through there all the time. And, you know, they've seen it all, so you really got to go... Um, the extra miles and impress these people. So we don't avoid any of those cities, but um, we certainly um, make sure to hit a lot of other cities when we're out on the road. It's it's good for us to go in, uh, off the beaten path too, because a lot of our fans are salt of the earth, and they just don't have the money to be able to travel all the way into a Paris, a London, a Tokyo, so to speak. Right. Right. Um, are you worried about security? I have a bodyguard. Uh, I, you know, I have formal training. I'm pretty aware of what's going on. I don't put myself in any bad situations. You're talking about some coward out in the audience trying to do something to hurt me. If they want to do it, you know, there's nothing I can do to stop them. Yeah. Um, we did have somebody at a concert we played down in Patagonia in the south part of Argentina. He was in filming a show, and someone tried to steal his phone, and when he tried to take it back, the guy stabbed him a bunch of times. Huh. And that was because the police did not do a proper pat-down when everybody entered the building. So, you know, even if there is uh, authorities there, um, even if there are the authorities there, it doesn't necessarily guarantee anything. Right, right. Right. Well, I mean, I don't want to end the interview on that sour note, but, um, you know, uh, I wish you much success and, and, you know, good luck with the tour. I will be there uh, when you come to Mohegan. I will try to make it to Worcester, but I'm not sure. Um, but I definitely will be there for Mohegan. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and, and congratulations again on, on the tour and the, and the album. Cool. Thanks, buddy. And, and I appreciate, appreciate your time. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, see you later. All right, have a good day. All right, another podcast from the car. Heavy metal in the car. This is Inglorious Heroin, which is uh, all doing a tribute to all the female bands out there, uh, female-led or all-female. And Glorious is one of those hard rock bands uh, that just cannot be stopped, and everything they touch turns to gold. Uh, this also features Jeff Scott Soto doing their um, version of Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. I don't think it would be weird to be a male singing a female part. It just, um, it's different. Um, but his voice is perfect. Yeah, a slightly different take on the uh, the heavier part here. Like what they're doing with this.
it up a little bit. Not bad, not bad at all. All right. Nine out of 10 wolf howls. From Cry the Wolf Magazine. Don't forget to subscribe. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Everywhere that metal is and music is, we are there. Inglorious, check them out. Later.